Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware, we have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit, but frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to For Fox Sake, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Ellen. I'm Katie. Uh, you got something clever to say? Uh, not really, you? Mm, nope. Nope. Let's just fly into the Phoenix flashback. Last week, we covered the first half of Chapter 33, Fight and Flight, and the corresponding film scenes. Turns out, the forest is full of danger, especially if you're a bigoted ministry shill like Umbridge. Harry is once again upset that no one seems to be able to penetrate him. Hermione plays their escape by ear, and damn near ends up almost losing her own. Grop stumbles out of his frayed rope and into another type of fray that leaves him with some sad little boo-boos. Umbridge may have the audacity, but the centaurs now have Umbridge, and really, we struggle to have any sympathy. And Movie Harry delivers the mic drop to end all mic drops, and a grateful fandom thanks him. During episode 178, Read the Forest, our Potter pondering was a bit of a two-parter. Did you find the movie line, sorry, professor, I must not tell lies, as epic as we did? And if yes, what did the movies do wrong that you are willing to forgive because of it? Hi, Ellen and Katie. This is Ashley with this week's Potter Pondering. And yes, I agree with y'all, okay? I'm sorry, professor. I must not tell lies. Was epic as hell, man. Icing on the nasty-ass cake that was this movie that I'm not forgiving. I'm not forgiving nothing. But since y'all want to make me forgive something, let's see. Uh, the montage. I talked a lot of shit about that montage. This whole Order of the Phoenix book. And we ain't even finished yet. I'm going to bring it up again. On purpose. But I'll forgive it. I'll forgive it. That's the only thing it could cancel out. The rest of it. No, we're not doing that. All the copy, paste, deleting shit they did out of this movie is it's an atrocity. How dare they? Especially the stuff we haven't even got to yet. Especially the stuff we haven't even got to yet. So I'm not even going to go there. But no, no, it's, it's not a fair trade. The only thing that's fair is the montage switch off. Now, they portrayed Professor Umbridge very well that she was cute but not at the same time because her evil overshadows the cuteness so much it's just ill like a baby that's fucking up your personal space if you don't have kids and you're not a teacher and you look at that baby and you're like where the hell is your mama you know but way worse because it's not a baby it's a grown-ass evil lady no and as much as i enjoyed petty potter okay we ain't forgiving this. I'm sorry. Professor, <laughs> I must not tell lies. <laughs> hey guys, Jackson here. Absolutely, I found that I must not tell lies. Absolutely fucking epic. I would have actually liked to have that one movieism in the books. I would absolutely have loved to have that. 
Now, what am I willing to forgive for it? Uh, that one's a little hard. I don't know if I'm actually willing to forgive any of the movie errors. Uh, they just irritate me too much, I think. So, I don't know. I don't think I'm willing to forgive any. I'm probably that petty. <laughs> Hi, this is Jessica calling in my Potter pondering for this week. Yes, definitely a mic drop moment. I love the line and every time I watch the movie, it's still so sweet. No matter how many times I've seen it. Am I willing to forgive any sins for this moment though? I'm having a hard time thinking of a scene that's comparable to this one. Like, same level. It's hard to forgive for anything because even though it was a great moment, it was still quick and small compared to all the giant important things that they changed and left out. I don't know. Maybe I agree that I can forgive like half a montage. I don't know. You really stumped me with this one. <laughs> all the changes that I'm thinking of are too important. Oh, you know what? Umbridge bombarding the room of requirement. I think I can forgive that. <laughs> Okay, that's my thoughts. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for your responses. I love knowing that. Mm-hmm. Our trivia question last week was, what does Ron mistakenly call the crumple-horned snorkak? He calls it a khaki snorkel, which, you know, is close-ish. Okay, not really. No, but she knew exactly what he meant. There is that. Yeah, definitely. That mm-hmm. Congratulations goes to... Kalista White Wolf. Woohoo! Despite the slight recess that we had, this is her fourth week in a row. Megan and Mike might be getting a little bit nervous, especially if she can keep this up. Do you think she can? We shall see. For now, let's dive into the second half of Chapter 33, Fight and Flight, and the somewhat corresponding film scenes. Chapter 33, Fight and Flight, Part 2. Harry pulls Hermione up and they flee into the shadows of the trees. When they look back, Grop is snatching blindly for the centaurs, who are retreating in disorder, galloping away through the trees on the opposite side. Grop roars again in fury and chases after them, smashing through the trees. Hermione is very concerned and worries aloud about Grop possibly killing all the centaurs, but Harry's not that fussed about it. The sounds of the chase fade quickly in the distance. As Harry listens, his scar throbs again, and terror sweeps over him for the time wasted. They are now further from Sirius than before, Harry has lost his wand, and they're stuck in the Forbidden Forest without transport. He snaps at Hermione about her smart plan and asks what they're supposed to do now. Hermione says they should try to get back to the castle, and Harry snaps again that Sirius will probably be dead by then. Hermione points out that they can't do anything without wands and asks how Harry is planning on getting to London. A voice from the trees says they are also wondering that, and Ron, Ginny, Neville, and Luna all push their way through the trees towards Harry and Hermione. They look worse for the wear, but pleased with themselves. Ron passes back Harry's wand and asks what the plan is. Harry just wants to know how they got away. Ron casually outlines the various spells they used against the Slytherins and how they saw them going into the forest through the window, so they decided to pursue. They ask about Umbridge, and Harry tells them that she was taken by centaurs who were chased off by Grop, 
which leads Luna to ask who Grop is. Ron explains that he's Hagrid's little brother and asks if you know who has Sirius. Harry confirms it and his scarf prickles as he says that Sirius is still alive, but he doesn't know how they'll get there. Luna says, well, we'll have to fly, won't we? More matter-of-factly than Harry has ever heard her be. Harry irritably tells her not to include herself in the we, and that only Ron has a broomstick that is not guarded by a troll, to which Ginny replies that she does too, and Ron tells her she isn't part of the we either. She replies with a look reminiscent of Fred and George, and says that she cares about Sirius too. Harry tries to tell her she's too young, and she throws back that he fought you-know-who for the first time when he was three years younger, and she jinxed Malfoy just now. Neville interrupts Harry again when he tries to protest by pointing out that they're all in the DA together, and wasn't that kind of the point of it? He and Luna both say they want to help too. Harry looks at Ron and knows they're both thinking that if they had a choice of DA members they would not have picked Neville and Luna. He then says it doesn't matter because they still don't know how to get there. Luna says she thought they'd settled on flying. Ron grumps back that maybe she can fly without a broomstick, but she's the only one. She calmly answers that there are other ways to fly. Ron makes a sarcastic comment about flying on the back of a crumplehorn snorkack, and she says that they can't fly, but they can, and Hagrid said they were good at finding where their riders need to go. Harry turns to see two Thestrals watching their conversation as though they understand. He's excited to see them in approaches, patting the closer one, wondering how he ever thought them ugly. Ron asks if it's those mad horse things that you can't see unless you've watched someone snuff it, and Harry confirms that there are two. Hermione says they'll need three, Ginny says four, and Luna says I think there are six of us actually, as she counts. Harry again tries to fight the idea that Luna, Neville, and Ginny are coming. They protest and his scar throbs again, so he knows there's no time to waste and just points out that they need more Thestrals if more people are going to come. Ginny confidently says that the blood on their robes means they will attract more. One Thestral confirms this by licking his sleeve. Harry then thinks that he and Ron should go ahead and Hermione can stay to attract more Thestrals, to which Hermione protests. And Luna points out that while they've been dragging this out, more have already come, saying they must really smell. Harry looks again and six or seven more Thestrals are already approaching. He realizes he has no more excuses and angrily directs them to pick a mount and get on. The movie picks back up as Harry and Hermione watch the centaurs carry her off, screaming and demanding they let her go. As her voice trails off, the camera focuses on Grop as he pulls an arrow from his arm and Hermione thanks him. Harry reminds her about Sirius and the two take off running through the forest. The camera cuts to them running onto the covered bridge as Ron, Ginny, Neville, and Luna are running towards them from the other end. They meet in the middle as Hermione asks them how they got away and Ginny informs them that they used puking pastels and it wasn't pretty. As Ron returns their wands to Harry and Hermione, he explains that he told them he was hungry and he wanted some sweets and they told him to bugger off and ate the lot themselves. 
Hermione doesn't manage to keep the surprise out of her voice as she tells him that that was clever. He modestly claims that it's been known to happen, and Neville informs them all that it was brilliant, before asking how they are going to get to London. Harry tries to talk them out of going, since he's gotten them into enough trouble as it is, and begins to walk away. Neville reminds him that Dumbledore's army is supposed to be about doing something real. He asks Harry if that was just words to him, and when he pauses and looks back at them, Ron points out that he doesn't have to do everything by himself. After a moment of hesitation, Harry asks them how they're going to get to London, and Luna steps forward to say, We fly, of course. Yeah, so there's some pretty blatant parallels between these two sections. That was a really nice way of saying correlation. Thank you. <laughs> blatant parallels. I like it. I mean, direct words. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. amazing, though, how they're still different. That is kind of why we're here right yeah. <laughs> side note when the new series starts mm -hmm. we should totally do just like a weekly reaction to it where we can just like reference what we've already done just but make, yeah. talk about like to tie it back in but it can like, just be instead of like, it can hey be we more finally got cup. this yeah. or god damn it we right? still don't have this for fuck's sake yeah because yeah. by the time they actually get it all set up to go we might be through the, the originals yeah but anyway, anyway, it'd be kind of fun to be doing it in real time, too. Right. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. And then we become super relevant. Mm, I don't know if that's going to be a thing. But... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be super relevant and still making scrub references. <laughs> I don't okay, think. Okay. I'm sorry. I meant our podcast is going to be relevant, not us personally. <laughs> I should have clarified. We are old. <laughs> we really are. Oh, that's good times. So the book chapter starts off basically right as Grop is starting to chase off the centaurs. Sure, yeah. Picks up right where we left off last week. Grop's got all the arrows in his face that the poor guy just like broke off the shafts and dug them in further. So he's in pain, understandably. And he's yeah. just like blindly trying to grab all the centaurs and they're running through the trees like, ah, giant! Yeah? Yeah. That's, that's what... I think that's exactly what they sounded like. Is it? Have you ever heard a centaur scream? I mean, fair enough. I'm just saying. But also, I mean, all right. <laughs> just going to go with it. But yeah, Grop just runs after them, fully chasing them off, leaving Harry and Hermione behind hiding in the trees themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is so cute because Hermione's like, oh my God, what if Grop kills all the centaurs? And Harry's just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I hope he does. They just tried to kill us. Right? And what if he does? They just tried to Pepto bitch maul us. Yeah. Straight up. Like, yes, they took Pepto bitch maul away. Thanks for that, guys. But maybe don't turn your arrows on us. Shit. Yeah. But he's listening as the screaming of the centaurs. Ah! And the <laughs> roaring of Rop. Just gets further and further and further away. I'm feeling very animated today. I'm, Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those times where I'm like, man, I kind of wish we had a video component to this. Right? I'm glad we don't. I'm very glad we don't. I think of some of the faces I make sometimes. I just think of my face. Mm. I make weird faces when I talk so much. I'm very animated. Today especially. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they're running off. The sounds are getting further away and therefore quieter. Mm -hmm. And while Harry's listening, he feels another one of those throbs in his forehead scar 
and it kind of alerts him back to the present mm-hmm. reality of shit they just wasted a ton of time yeah they're nowhere near serious in fact they're probably further away since they're stranded in the middle of the forbidden forest harry does not have a wand and they have no way of getting there yeah it's not coming up millhouse no really not no Although he snaps at Hermione, which, I mean, it's Caps Lock Harry. I get it. He's scared. But he's like, smart plan, Hermione. I'm like, dude, five <laughs> minutes ago, you were tied up in the movie, but you were captured in Pepto Bitchmall's office. Yeah. You are at least rid of her at this point. Yeah. Was it ideal? No. But it's still better off than you were. Yeah. You straight up just got to watch Pepto Bitchmall get carried off by horsey men. That had to be a little bit worth it. Right? But yeah, so he's just sullenly like, what are we going to do now, Hermione? What's your next smart plan, huh? I don't know. You come up with something, motherfucker. I don't hear you coming up with anything. Jesus. That's because Harry's not in Ravenclaw. (laughs) Harry's lucky he's in fucking Hogwarts. Shit. (laughs) This is kind of similar in the movie. Kind of. Harry's still stupid. It's a thing, you know. Harry's still not in Ravenclaw. <laughs> but they just straight up watch Pepto Bitchmall get taken away by the centaurs as she screams and shouts all about who she is as though they give a flying fuck. I'm gonna just branch out here and say they don't. No. Yeah. No. Matter of fact, I mean, we talked about this last week where... It's definitely a strike against her. It's definitely a strike against her. Like, it's almost probably egging them on. Like, Haha, we got a ministry, bitch. I'm ah. senior undersecretary to the minister. Dolores Jane Umbridge. I yeah, mean, you're... honestly, the only downside here is that you're not the fucking minister. Right? Bitch. To the centaurs who are carrying her off. Yes. Yes. I was coming with you on that. I'm sure everybody else was too. <laughs> but yeah, when I say that few things in this world are as satisfying as that scene. Like, this is on the same level as getting a Tetris. You know, the four lines in a row when you've just been sitting there collecting all the other blocks on the one side. One long piece. That's what she said. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) you get the long piece and it clears that whole section and you just think nothing is ever going to feel that good in your life ever again. And then you watch this scene. You know what? I can't even argue with you. Right? I'm right there with you. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, she gets carried away in the best screen departure since the stage direction exit pursued by a bear from a winter's tale. Let me tell you. And we see Grop picking the measly little centaur arrows out of his arms. Not at all like in the book. Not his face, right? Yeah, not his face. And also they didn't look like they really got into his skin at all. They looked like... He was more or less just wiping away Nerf darts. Yeah. You know? They couldn't penetrate his thick giant skin. Yeah. (laughs) I hate me. Yeah. I hate me. Moving on. Please. Yes. But Hermione thanks him. And Harry, luckily quite single-minded in this moment, reminds Hermione that his dog father is in the shit right now. And they need to take the fuck off. So, you know, they do. Right, and he's nowhere near as hostile to her as the book has him be. But we already talked about movie Harry not being as caps lock as book Harry. Mm -hmm. He had his moments. He did, but also, too, Hermione wasn't really, like, throwing a whole lot of stuff out there either. No. He was just more like, 
Hermione, serious. Okay, let's go. Like, that's all that needed to be said, really. Yeah, it was very watered down. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is similar. In the book, they actually spell it out for you. You know, the movie likes to just plant it and then jump to it. Yeah. Whereas the book does a little bit of sewing, watering, tending. Sure. Lovingly, painstakingly caring for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they talk to him at night. Yeah, that's missing from the movie. Very much so. The movie just threw some seeds into like a barren field and was like, grow, motherfuckers. And that was... And then they jumped to a field that is fully grown. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) God, that was really succinctly put (laughs) (laughs) and that was really smartly said (laughs) department of redundancy department can i help you yes (laughs) you can help me get back on track anyway like i said there's layers here they're taking care of what they planted Mm -hmm. so hermione is actually in the book suggesting they get back to the castle that's her next big plan and Harry's just like, my dog father's going to be dead by then. We don't have time for this shit. Yeah. And Hermione says, well, what the fuck are you going to do without your wand? And you don't even know how you're going to get to London. Right? It's well, like, okay, yeah, my dog father will be dead by the time we get all that stuff done. But you're going to be dead if we don't do this stuff too. So, right. uh, and your yeah. dog father will also be dead. Like, everybody's dying in this scenario. Yeah. So, maybe... Let's focus on one thing at a time, shall we? Yeah. Like, how do we get our wands back? Mm -hmm. How do we get to London? And when she makes the comment about Harry not knowing how he's going to get to London, there's a voice from the trees (gasps) that says, yeah, we're also wondering that. (laughs) Cue the plants of Ron, Ginny, Neville, and Luna to grow into this scene. (laughs) Wow, we're really going with this I garden guess so. theme, aren't yeah, we? It's just okay. happening now. Yeah. But they push their way through the trees up to Harry and Hermione, and they're looking a little rough. Yeah. But they also look kind of pleased with themselves. They're like the weeds that grow out of cement. Yeah. You know, like as long as we're going with this whole garden thing. Sure. Exactly. Well, you know what they say, Ellen? You can lead a horticulture, but you can't make her think. So <laughs> Yes. It's my one gardening joke that I've got. You got so. it. <laughs> I it... really wish you had some more so we could dig into this, but... God damn. Fuck. No. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Mowing on. Not sorry. A little sorry. You shouldn't be. <laughs> Ron hands Harry his wand. Sure. I'm like, what the fuck? How'd you do this? How'd you pull this shit off? Also, how are you here? Right? That's basically it. How, <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Ron wants to know what the plan is, but Harry's totally focused on, how did you get away? Yeah. And in the book, Ron's like, oh, we used various spells against the Slytherins, and we had seen out the window that you went into the forest, so we were like, hey, we're free, let's go. Into the forest. I'm impressed that they found them. Yeah. It's not like in the movie where there's like that central bridge. Right. Where everybody, like, you have to go across the bridge to get anywhere, really. This is just open area. Open woods. Yeah. And they just managed to find, I mean, they probably weren't being quiet. No. They could probably hear Grop and the centaurs yelling. They could hear all of the ah and the ah. So they went that way. Probably. Yeah. 
they are Gryffindors and one Ravenclaw, so obviously they're not going to shy away from no. screaming. They're going to run towards it. Yes. And considering that it's the book we're talking about and Harry is totally being caps lock, he probably yelled loud enough for the entire forest to hear, smart plan, Hermione. Yeah. Way to go, Hermione. Uh. Okay. I accept that. My brain is totally fine with that being the reason they were able to find yes. them in the big open woods. <laughs> Head cannon. Done. Oh, uh, that was fun. I'm glad we worked through that. <laughs> Similar, but slightly different in the movie. As we said. Yep. Mm-hmm. We then meet up with Ron and the Silver Trio, Ginny, Neville, and Luna, hightailing it towards Hermione and Harry on the covered bridge. Which you mentioned. Which we mentioned. Makes it a lot easier for them to find when that's the only place you can go to. Exactly. Central spot. You gotta draw the eye somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's where we did. So Hermione asks how they got away, and Ginny tells them that there was an incident with some puking pastels, and it was super gross, but really fucking funny. Which is obviously slightly different since they yeah. use spells and like overpowered them in yeah. the book. Whereas in the movie, they actually gave Ron some credit. Yeah, he outsmarted them. Yeah. And he tells them all about it. He gives them their wands back and he says he tricked those dumbasses into eating Ipecac candy. Ipic candy, if you will. That's, I'll take it. Yeah. And they fucking took it and ate it. Like, you're stupid. I love that whole, he's just like, well, yeah, I told them that I wanted some sweets. I was hungry. And they were like, fuck you. We're yeah. going to eat them instead. And then they all started puking. And like, <laughs> I mean, that's some reverse psychology peak reverse psychology oh yeah you know and Hermione obviously shocked because it's the movie and Ron is stupid in the movies and yeah. serves very little purpose she commends Ron on being so clever and Ron just pulls a Katie and is like yeah happens sometimes occasionally I'm good for stuff whatever because it's movie Ron and he gets you know zero credit for anything ever and the stuff that he does get credit for immediately gets given to someone else. Exactly. Usually Hermione. Exactly. So if he does anything at all that's helpful in any way, you have to make sure to point it out every single time and also point out the fact that it's so rare. Right. You can't just be like, good job, Ron. Well done. No, you have to be like, shit. shit. What? This is you new. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly have this thing in my head now where I'm imagining the screenwriter just going, how can I give Hermione credit for this? I Like, this is a clever moment for Ron. He's the one who outsmarts them. What am I supposed to do? Like, no, like, mm -hmm. Hermione's not even in the room. I can't credit her with this. How do I give her his smart moments? Yeah. I got it. We'll let her talk down to him about it later on. Conundrum solved. Boom. Good job, writer. You're so good at writing. Yay. No, you're not. Fuck off. Sorry. That... Tell us how you really feel. Woo. Poor Steve Cloves. I, you know what? He could have done a better job. <laughs> you know what? I think he did a good job writing as long as you don't really pay attention to the source material. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great original script. I'll tell you that much. Even then, no, it really wasn't. Well, yeah. Plot holes. Anywho. I mean, it was a Swiss cheese script. Yeah. It just was. Anyway. We digress. Both cheesy <laughs> and full of holes. Mm-hmm. Just like me. What? I mean... <laughs> um. So Neville takes this moment to change the subject like I'm going to do now. And he asks how they're going to get to London. Which is a ding to the book by line, but not by who says it. Exactly. Sure. 
And they don't immediately jump to that in the book other than Hermione being like, you don't know how you're going to get to London. So there isn't a specific, how are we going to do this? They first want to know more about Pepto Bitch Mall and where the fuck she went. Yeah. Which I think is a fair question. But do we have time for this right now? Not particularly, no. Like, Harry didn't even want to go and get his fucking wand. Yeah. Do we have time for a Department of Backstory trip? I don't think we do. He's going to give it to him anyway. I mean, yeah. Because he does briefly explain that she was taken by the centaurs who were then chased off by Grop, which makes Luna say, who the fuck's Grop? And Ron's like, it's Hagrid's little brother. And now everyone's caught up. (laughs) So succinct. I love it. (laughs) Because I'm just imagining everybody literally just going, oh, yeah, that tracks. It does. (laughs) You don't really need any more explanation than that. No. It makes perfect sense knowing Hagrid. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but after Ron gives the summary, he then says, does you know who have Sirius? Harry says, yes, he does. And then his scar gives another little prickle. And he's like, he's still alive at this moment. Mm-hmm. But we don't know how we're going to get there. And that's kind of the moment of him being like, how the fuck are we going to get there? Yeah. And it's still not even the same person asking. It rarely is. But this part stays pretty much the same because it is Luna who speaks up and says, well, we'll have to fly, won't we? And they make it a point mm-hmm. to say that she says this matter-of-factly. It is not in her usual airy-fairy Luna Lovegood sort of way. She's yeah. just like, we're flying, duh. Yeah. She's already got the plan. Yeah. She's surprised you're not already caught up to it. She's That's the Ravenclaw of the group. Yeah. She knows what's up, man. Mm-hmm. And Harry is just like, why are you saying we like you're coming too? bitch because i am and he also points out that ron is the only one that has a broomstick that's not guarded by a troll and jenny's just like hello i do too and ron's like why are you saying that like you're going (laughs) which just makes her glare sure in a manner that is strongly reminiscent of fred and george well i mean that is genetic yes basically and we've kind of had that conversation before how she kind of takes after them or maybe the other way around to a certain extent yeah like you know she learned a lot from them growing up but they started to pick up on her skills as well for sure but she points out that she cares about Sirius too and harry's just like you are too young to go motherfucker bitch i'm a year younger than you and i'm Three years older than you were the first time you faced you know who? Mm-hmm. As not a baby? Yeah. And I just fucking jinxed Nazi von Douchebag the second right now. So I'm also about three years more badass than you ever will be. Big facts. I'm going. Yeah. I almost feel like she kind of gave him a look like, that's cute. You thought that you have any say in this. Right. That's really adorable. Okay, let's go, because we're wasting fucking time. And it's actually Neville in this moment who really brings it together. Mm -hmm. He's just like, hey, we're all in the DA together. Wasn't this the whole fucking point? Right? Doing something real? Yeah. We want to help. Me and Luna, Ginny, we all want to help. Facts. And then, of course, this gets the little side comment of Harry and Ron exchanging the glance of of all of the fucking members of the DA that we could bring along for this mission. It would not be Neville or Luna. 
I'm sorry, did you want Zachariah Smith up in this bitch? I do think there were people that were lower on the list. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, first off, beggars can't be choosers. Second off, I mean, it's not like they were the worst. I don't think Harry really wants anyone to go, though. That is true. So he decides to distract by saying, we still don't even know how we're going to get there. Good thing you got a fucking hive mind around you right now, sir. Again, it's similar in the movie. Ish. Ish. You know. Harry's like, what's this we shit, guys? I'm going it alone, like always, because I never have help. I do it all myself every single time. Lies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you caught that, did you? You always have help. You've never done it completely by yourself. Until like the very end, until he has no other choice but to go on by himself. Which I would also like to point out is literally his exact line when they were in the hogshead. And he was trying to talk everybody into joining the DA. always had help. And he's like, well, it sounds great when you put it like that, but I nearly always had help. Right. You never know what's going to happen and this and this and this. I mean, yes, absolutely. Did he face Boldy one-on-one completely by himself in the graveyard just a year previous? Yes. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. But did he get there on his own? No. No, no, he did not. He did not. Honestly, if it wasn't for the people around him, that boy would have been dragon food before the first task even fucking happened. If it wasn't for Hermione in general, Mm -hmm. he would have been a lot of things food. Episode title. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things food. (laughs) Yeah, he... Flat out would have been eaten about 27 times per book, I believe. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. But you know what? That doesn't matter because now he's like in the moment and it's not like a motivational speech type of thing. So now he's like, no, I got to save you guys. Right. I don't got to build you up. I got to keep you the fuck away. Self-sacrifice. Exactly. You know, you know, whatever. And Neville just essentially calls him a dumbass and uses his own words against him because... Neville's bomb like that. And Ron's just like, bro, take the help. You know you need it. Also, you have absolutely zero choice. Right? Like, make us stay. I don't even know why we're making you think that you have an option. We're wasting time with this conversation. We're mm-hmm. going. Huh. I like the fact that this does pretty much mirror the book. Mm-hmm. Because you got Neville speaking up and just being like, wasn't this the whole point? Yeah. It's a good ding right here. For sure. Definitely. And Harry pauses, considers all this, and then says, all right, fine. How do you guys suggest we do this? You want to go with me? All right. What are we going to do then? How are we going to go? Sure. And Luna speaks up and she just goes, bitch, we can motherfucking fly. As if there was any question as to... What they were actually going to do. Right. I it was mean, very matter of fact, but in the very Luna way. Yeah. Which is different from how the book had it. But I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either because I loved Ivana Lynch mm-hmm. as Luna. She was great. So I really liked her. We'll fly, of course. Yeah. Which is matter of fact. The words are matter of fact. The tone, not so much. Yeah. But. But you know what? It was delightful. I'm okay with it. Yeah. And that's. Sadly, where the movie section ends. (laughs) The book takes things a bit further. As it usually does. Luna's like, hello, we settled on flying. 
Mm -hmm. So they kind of keep it going. It's not just the one will fly end. Yeah. Harry's just like, we don't know how we're going to get there. And Luna's like, hello, we're flying. And Ron gives that comment about, well, maybe you can fly without a broomstick, but none of us can. It's kind of a dick thing to say. Well, Ron's kind of a dick, so. (laughs) He is me, so, Yeah. yeah. But she just calmly says back, you know, there are other ways to fly. Here, eat these mushrooms. Right. (laughs) So Ron says, oh, are we going to fly on the back of a crumplehorn snorkak? Although he doesn't quite remember the name and actually calls it a khaki snorkel. Which was our trivia question. (laughs) Sure was. Mm Mm-hmm. And she just takes it in stride that not only he calls it wrong, she's just like, you mean the Crumplehorn Snorkaks? Well, they can't fly, but they right? can fly. It was like when you mispronounce Benedict Cumberbatch's name and people are just like, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but she points out that this mysterious they was something that Hagrid said we're good at finding where their writers need to go. Mm-hmm. So... That does a big turnaround. Big callback in the book there. Yeah. I wonder what they are. Hmm. They, you say? They. So Harry turns and he sees two emaciated horsey birds walking towards them, just kind of listening to their conversation like they know exactly what's going on and they're ready. Mm hmm. Harry's pretty happy to see this because this is the perfect solution. He now has his wand. They now have rides. And he actually goes up to one and starts petting it mm-hmm. and finds himself thinking how he could have ever thought they were ugly because now they're like his savior. Well, and yeah. they're beautiful. <laughs> That's like when you wake up and somebody's like haloed behind you. Like, <laughs> and you're just like, you're an angel. Yeah. <laughs> right now, Harry is fucking seeing like a Pegasus yep. in front of him. Ron wants to know if she's talking about those mad horse things, those mad emaciated horsey birds. Gotta love them. That you can't see unless you've watched someone snuff it. And Harry says, yep, there's two of them here. And Hermione's like, well, we're going to need three. And Jenny's like, uh, four. And Luna's just like, um, one, two, three, four, five. I think there's six of us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact that she actually takes the time mm-hmm. to count them. I mean, if Luna can't point out how ridiculous you're being, nobody can. Yeah. And Mike left a little note here for me, though. Fantastic. I love it. So that's Mm -hmm. just kind of, I think that's a universal thing. Yeah, definitely. Harry takes this opportunity to again try to fight the idea that Luna, Neville, and Ginny are even coming along at all. Yeah. And they continue to protest. And then his scar continues to hurt. And then he's just like, we're out of fucking time. Fine. Whatever. You can come, but we're going to need more (laughs) Thestrals. Yeah. And Jenny points out that they are covered in blood, Harry and Hermione, which is probably what attracted the first two. So surely more are going to show up. Yeah. And if that wasn't believable enough, just by statement, one of the Thestrals starts licking the blood off of Harry's robes. When you got the Thestral bait, you got the Thestral bait. Right. You know what I'm saying? Harry suggests that since they only have two, he and Ron will get a head start while Hermione and her blood coveredness stays behind i'm going with it so she can attract more thestrals and hermione's like i'm not fucking staying behind you're just trying to avoid them getting to come along and i'm not gonna be one stuck back too because of that right and luna's just like dude the longer we've dragged this out the more have shown up you guys must really smell yeah probably do you know what they've been through tonight yeah a lot of stuff going on yeah 
They got a lot to be upset about. <laughs> but then when Harry looks again, there's about six or seven more emaciated horsey birds making their way over to him. Sure. So he's just like, well, I'm out of excuses and time. So fuck it. Get a horse and get on. <laughs> Everybody grab a horsey bird. Yep. And that's where the chapter ends. Yeah. I think that's a really good ending for a chapter. Yeah, and I did appreciate the, we'll fly, of course, as an end. Yeah. It still worked. Yeah. It wasn't really necessary to see the emaciated horsey birds arrive. And I mean, it would have been a nice touch. Yeah. I mean, it's unlikely we're ever going to get every single detail. This was one that, it's okay that it was left out. Yeah, it's not the end of the world, for sure. Yeah. But, like we said, it is the end of the chapter. Mm Mm-hmm. It is the end of the movie section. It is. From a few steps back. Yeah, and we didn't have any new actors for the movie, so... Yeah, we've talked about them all. Pretty much. We're fresh out of actors. Until the very end, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Well... Did we see some of the... It was a year ago, dude. I don't I don't remember yesterday. Yeah. I I think we can talk about Bellatrix and Voldemort in a little bit more detail when we get to that scene. Because sure. they do much more then. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same with Nazi Von Douchebag the first, too. Yeah, I think so. I really? think so. Maybe some of the murder munchers might become mentionable, but... Sure, yeah. At the moment, they're unmentionable murder munchers. Mm-hmm. So we'll just move right on into the Potter pondering. Big facts. Which is, what are your thoughts on the changes from book to movie in how Ron, Ginny, Neville, and Luna escaped from the Inquisitorial Squad? Find the post on our Facebook page and share your thoughts, or... Call us at 216-526-6792 and leave your response as a voicemail. Make sure you start off telling us your name and then go into your answer. Don't forget, you can also stitch your response on TikTok, assuming we remember to post the video. It has been a life lately. There has been so much. Oh, my word. One thing after another after another. Mm -hmm. On top of that, we're also currently having some issues with our voicemails not showing up properly. Like, it literally gives me a notification, but there's no number in it. And when I click on it, it shows up blank. Fun. And I can access them if I go online and download them from there. But I don't know for sure that I'm getting them all. So if you sent in a voicemail and we did not put it in an episode, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Ellen. Technical issues. I'm hoping that I can get to the cell place soon. Life's just not really cooperating mm-hmm. at the moment. So backup option is to record your response just on your phone and then email it to us at forfoxsakepodcast at gmail.com. Sounds logical. Yeah. We really look forward to reading, hearing, and seeing them. And no Sorting Hat story this week, but if you send them, we will read them. If you send them, we will read. I'm glad you picked up on that. Oh, yes. You can email them to us at forfoxsakepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, Patronus, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with us. Or you can message them to us over social media. This week's trivia question is, what does Harry's ministry visitor badge say? The first one who responds with a correct answer and the code word, hashtag name and business, will get a sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us through iTunes or Facebook. Make sure to email us at forfoxsakepodcast at gmail.com to let us know you did, and we will get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at foxsakepod. 
Following us on Podbean at foxsakepod.podbean.com will get you the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. You can also go to our website at forfoxsakepodcast.com to check out our For Fox Sake and Harry Potter related merchandise for sale. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where we post our weekly podcast episodes, cooking show episodes, vlogs, bloopers, and other random videos. If you would like to support us as a patron, you can sign up on patreon.com slash foxsakepod. $2 and up a month will get you some awesome perks like For Fox Sake swag, access to patron-only Facebook groups, chats, our Discord channel, virtual hangouts, and more. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated, even if it's just telling your Harry Potter friends about us. And if you don't have any Harry Potter friends, there's another reason to join our Patreon because you will meet some of the best Harry Potter people ever. I mean, just the best people ever, really. There's that too. Period. End of sentence. And join us next week when we talk about the first half of Chapter 34, the Department of Mysteries, and the barely any corresponding film scenes. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. And in the meantime... Keep calm and Harry on! Oh, for fuck's sake. Thank you.